The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Hey everybody, good morning. I'm Pastor Chris. We're glad to have you with us today at Coastal Community Church in this uh, kind of a rainy, dreary uh, holiday weekend. But we are so glad uh, that you chose to, uh, to worship with us today. Do me a favor, everybody take out your outline, if you will. Take out your outline. Even those of you who don't take notes, take out your outline and just look at the title of today's message. Now, let me begin by making a couple of kind of Captain Obvious observations this morning. Okay, I'm sure some of you are looking at the title and then you're looking up at me and then you're looking, whoa, stop laughing already, okay? You're, you're looking at the title, you're looking up at me, you're looking at the title and you're looking up at me and you're thinking, who does Pastor Chris think he is talking about getting fit physically? He is not exactly the picture of health. Now, I would like to respond by saying, you are exactly right. Um, th there are many of you who are here today uh, that are far, far more qualified to talk about uh, this subject than I am, but I am the pastor, and uh, this is one of those things I think we need to talk about. And uh, I, I, I wanna begin um, by being very, very honest with you. And, and I do believe that's one of the... Uh, I don't know, characteristics of our church and, and my preaching is that I am the same person here that I am in my living room. I am the same person here that I am at Walmart. You know, I, I try to, I, you know, it's not like I take pride in that, but I, I just try to be honest. I try to be real. I don't want there to be this dichotomy of, of, you know, who I am here and then somewhere else. So I want to begin just by telling you the truth and uh, being honest about my struggle and where I'm at. Um, being overweight for me has been a painful, uh, personal, and lifelong struggle. And if you are in this room in that same boat, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say painful, personal, and lifelong. Now, everyone, okay, everyone has their area of struggle and, and weakness. Am I correct in saying that? Everyone, right? We're all fellow strugglers. You know, nobody is perfect. If you're perfect, you have found the wrong church and you need to get up now and leave, okay? Because nobody here is perfect. Uh, we are all forgiven sinners. But everybody's got their area of struggle and weakness. And, and to be honest with you, this is, this is mine. And I want to tell you a little bit about my story. I don't want to make excuses, but I at least want to tell you a little bit about you know, where, I've, where I've come from. Um, at the age of 12, uh, my dad basically died uh, from obesity. Uh, he was uh, morbidly obese. Um, he struggled with uh, weight uh, his entire life. And, and then as an adult, opted for a form of uh, geriatric surgery that really is no longer performed today. Um, and it was at that time called an intestinal bypass surgery. I know they do some similar things, but they don't perform that one any longer. Um, he lost an enormous amount of weight in a very short period of time, but there were complications uh, involving most of his in internal organs. And he died. And so, uh, and, and I share that with you not to make excuses for who I am and my struggle, but just, you know, 
But there is a context for everyone, right? There's a context for everyone's struggle and everyone's weakness. And that's part, at least a part of my context. Uh, so here I am today, 48 years old, needing to lose weight, needing to lose well over 100 pounds. Now, the truth is, okay, you ready for this? I have lost and gained a small country over my lifetime, okay? I have lost enormous amounts of weight and then gained it all back. I mean, uh, ultimately, I know, and I, I know that diets don't work. I know that. I, I'm living proof of that. In fact, here's what's funny to me. I know some of you who are in shape and are fit, uh, sometimes just by the grace of God, it's got nothing to do with you. You're just that way, right? But, but some of you think that you know all there is to know about weight loss and, and healthy living. The truth, is, the truth is, most fat people, we know an awful lot about healthy living because we've read more books about it than anybody else on the planet. We just have a hard time with it. We struggle with it. Um, raise your hand if you've ever, you know that diets don't work, right? We all know that. Anybody ever been on a diet? Anybody been on a freaky diet? It, like, like, give me some names of some different diets that you've been on over the years. Anything, anybody want to share? Okay, wait, well, that's, that's probably the least tame, the most tame of all the diets. Not really a diet. Anybody else? Anybody like grapefruit diet, soup diet? Um, I mean, there's all these. Uh, anyway, yeah, Hershey Kiss diet, been on that. Anyway, okay. Um, anyway, I think most people who struggle with weight realize that diets don't work and that it really is a lifestyle. Uh, the truth is I, I don't want to be just another uh, fat preacher who rants and raves about everybody else's sin and struggle, but doesn't point the finger at their own. Uh, but more importantly than that, the truth is, um, I wanna be around as long as I can. I wanna be here. I, I wanna be living out God's purposes for my life. I wanna be enjoying my family and my children for as long as I can and uh, enjoying the life that God has given me. I also know that you know our church is growing and at a, uh, you know, at a pretty fast pace, and we're kind of moving here at a very fast pace, getting ready to move into a new building, and uh, physically, I've got to be able to keep up with all that, and so I've got to make some changes. So I want to talk about some of those today, but I want you to join me. Uh, I also ask you to uh, keep me and my journey uh, in your prayers. You know, feel free to encourage me. Feel free to ask me how I'm doing. Uh, I'll report to you periodically. I'm getting ready to start, believe it or not, uh, this, this semester. We're having a weight loss life group. Uh, we're gonna have a little weight loss competition and uh, have some fun with that. Uh, I'd encourage you to sign up for that. Um, I, I would even encourage you to punch me in the face when you see me eating something unhealthy or something like that. I think, I think that's, that's my new strategy this year. We're gonna encourage the... Uh, the security team to follow me around and uh, beat me up when I, when I am not, you know, get me moving or whatever. Um, anyway, uh, but the book that we're going to be going through in uh, this weight loss group, uh, it examines the spiritual side of healthy living and, and losing weight. Uh, so that's kind of, you know, one observation. We're gonna, you know, and my guess is there's a lot of people here in this room, whether, you know, maybe you don't have 100 plus pounds to lose, but you got five or you got 10 maybe 20 or more. And, uh, you know, so maybe the 2016, we're gonna shrink our church one pound at a time. Um, now, that's, that's all one observation, really. Here's the second observation. There are probably some of you here thinking today, well, why are we even talking about this anyway at church? 
you know, this is churches for spiritual things. And uh, why are we talking about getting physically fit? It has nothing to do with the Bible or my, my spirituality, my spiritual life. Well, you're wrong. And uh, that, this is a good place to start because in God's eyes, you really can't separate the physical from the spiritual. You know, we really can't separate your soul from your body. The truth is God cares about every part of your life, including what you and I do with our bodies. Now, some of the verses that I'm gonna read today, the context of many of them has to do uh, with your body and maybe sexual sin, but still this idea that that your body is a temple and God cares about what you do with your body. And that's the principle that I want you to see today. First Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, for don't you know that your what? Your, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God. You don't belong to yourself for God bought you with a high price. So therefore you must honor God with your what? With your body. So this verse says that our bodies belong to God, that really what I'm talking about today is good stewardship, that God loans to you your physical body for 70, 80, maybe 90 years. We don't know how long, and it's up to us to take care of them. So that means for us as followers of Jesus, we gotta begin by thinking seriously about developing a theology of the body, a a theology of our, our physical reality. Now, not a religion of the body where you worship your body. We got plenty of that today, and I'll talk about that later on. But I'm talking about where you think seriously about how much your body does matter to God. And so how you you think about how you treat your body. Now, it's important for us to come to grips with the fact that how we treat our body today will determine how healthy we are when? Tomorrow, 10 years from now, in old age, right? Now again, it really doesn't matter how old you are. You can be young, you can be old, you can be 20, you can be 60. It's never too late to really get this concept that how you treat yourself, your body today, the habits you develop today, they are going to determine how you feel, how you look, and how you operate physically 10 years from now, 20 years from now. Now, a lot of you though, and I used to be this way too, because man, I could gain and lose weight like that. And then you hit 30. And then you hit 40. And it didn't, and then it just, it doesn't happen the way it used to. And you used to think, well, I could just, you know, change my habits quickly and I'll make some improvements, you know, in a very fast way. But then what you discover is it doesn't work that way the older you get. Now, so over the next few minutes, here's what we're gonna do. I want us to look at five physical disciplines that would help you spiritually honor God with your body and to live a healthier lifestyle. Okay, and I'm preaching to myself today and I hope I'm preaching to more than just myself today as we look at these disciplines. But first of all, let's start there. Circle the word discipline on your outline because that's not a very popular word today, the word discipline. Discipline is that ability to say no to something now, no to something that you really want in order to be able to say yes 
to something that's better for you in the long run. Uh, another, another term for that is delayed gratification. And that's hard. But, but what I want you to understand is that whenever you discipline yourself to say no to something now in order to say yes to God's best for you later on, every single time you do that, even if it's in a physical area of your life, you're taking a step forward spiritually. You're growing spiritually. In other words, the physical steps you take, they're also spiritual steps, okay? So let's jump in. Let's look at these five disciplines. Number one, consider what I eat every day. Now notice I didn't use the word diet, okay? Not talking about a diet. What I'm, what I'm simply talking about is being able to honor God by thinking about what and how much you put into your body every day, okay? Thinking about what and how much you put into your body every day. Now, you could easily make the point that here at Coastal Community Church, we don't always make that easy for you. Um, I mean, from, uh, you know, barbecues to oyster roasts to uh, danishes in our cafe to big whopping loaves of bread from Panera to Krispy Kreme donuts to snacks at your life groups. I mean, if we, you would think that, well, if, if you really want to take this seriously, Pastor Chris, then why don't you just get rid of all the good food so that none of us are ever tempted? Well, let's talk about that just for a second. Because healthy people, you know, healthy lifestyle people already understand this, okay? And that is, Eating a donut in and of itself is not evil, okay? Eating a donut is not a sin. Having dessert after a meal is not, is not sinful. God actually created us with the ability uh, to taste good food. He wants us to enjoy life. Uh, Jesus, if you read the New Testament, participated in the feasts. Uh, you know, one of my favorite foods of all time uh, is, is, is a good steak. And I'll be honest with you. I am not gonna give up steak unless somebody shows me in the Bible where it says, thou shalt not eat steak. Now, maybe I can look at the amount of food I eat with a steak or how big the steak is and how often I eat it, all those kinds of things. And again, healthy people know this already, that eating right is not about making your life miserable or unenjoyable. It's about what? Setting limits, being disciplined, maintaining those limits. They would even say it's about moderation. Look at 1 Corinthians 6.12. You may say, hey, I'm allowed to do anything, but I reply, well, not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, and then this is the interesting part, listen to this. I must not become a slave to anything. Now, if we're honest at times, many of us are slaves to food. You know, even though eating in and of itself is not a sin, when food becomes our master and we overeat and we overeat and we overeat and we know it's bad for us and we keep eating, that's when we've crossed a line. You know, that's when it becomes our master and we become slaves to it. Now, here's what I want you to do today. I want all of us in each one of these five points to write down one thing, just one, one small step that you could do in each one of these areas this week 
that would help you improve your health and honor God with your body. For you today, maybe on point number one, you might write down a plan of what you're going to eat. You know, it's, you know what's that old expression? If you fail to plan, you, you plan to what? Fail. And so you, you make a plan for, your, for an upcoming meal or for the week or uh, maybe another idea for you is that you're gonna carry healthy snacks with you you know, in your truck or, you know, in your workplace. So instead of grabbing something that's always unhealthy, you've got something that's healthy. For some of you, maybe it's time that you take a daily vitamin. For others, you're gonna start drinking more what? More water. Maybe for you, you're gonna cut out sodas. But what I'm saying is that just write down one next step that you could take. Now, before I wrap up this point, I do wanna add that this is really not just about food. You know, the, the principle goes deeper than that. It's don't put anything in your body that potentially hurts your body or that you could become a slave to. Uh, smoking hurts your body. Some of you have become a slave to it. You know, drinking in and of itself is not wrong, but excessive drinking hurts your body. And some of you have passed that point and you've become what? A slave to it, it's, it's your master. Drugs obviously hurt your body. So honor God with whatever it is that enters your body. That's discipline number one. Here's discipline number two. This, goes, this is so simple, like, it goes back to like middle school health class. So eat healthy, number two, stay active and exercise regularly. As a nation, we are obviously less active than we have ever been in our history. There's so many statistics out there. Here's simply one. 62% of American adults don't engage in any vigorous leisure activity whatsoever. That means 62% of Americans do absolutely nothing to exercise or use their bodies. Now, one of the big reasons for this appears to be our best friends, television and computer. Um, according to the Nielsen Company, the average American today watches more than four hours of television a day. And so if you put that back to back, listen to this, that is two consecutive months of watching TV over the course of a year, and in a 65-year adult life, you will have spent almost nine years of your life simply plugged in and watching television. Wow. Now, let me be clear. Watching television in and of itself is not a sin. You know, it's not evil. But again, when it leads you and I to being not active at all and not living the life that we should live, then there is something wrong. You know, a little scary statement that somebody made to me and really made me think is, uh, sitting is the new smoking. Sitting. You know, it used to be smoking. We were all about, you know, getting everybody to quit smoking and because of our heart and, you know, our health. But now because of television and computer and the sedentary lifestyle of most Americans, sitting is the new, the new smoking. Um, you know all the studies. Studies prove that exercise, it lowers stress, it get, gets rid of harmful chemicals in your body, it, it provides a way for you to let off steam. Um, and, and we all have so many excuses, don't we, for, for not exercising 
I mean, we do. And I, and I got to tell you, one of the best excuses that I've ever heard comes straight from the Bible. That's why I love reading the Bible so much, because it's so real and so honest. This is Proverbs twenty-two thirteen. Listen to this. The lazy person is full of excuses saying, if I go outside, I might meet a lion in the street and be killed. Isn't that funny? I mean, that's like, you know, if I go walking today, I might meet a rabid squirrel, you know, and they're gonna, gonna come after me or something. If I, if I go swimming, I'm gonna get attacked by a shark. I know it. Um, so here, step number two, discipline number two, write down something that you could do in this area this week that might improve your health and might honor God with your body. Again, maybe for you it's simple as parking further away at work, uh, maybe instead of taking the elevator, you take the stairs. Maybe you walk in the evenings with your spouse after dinner. Uh, maybe uh, you join a gym. Maybe you find a class or something that you're interested in, like Zumba or you know hip hop dance or pole dancing. No, anyway, any, whatever. Um, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not encouraging that. Um, Krav Maga. I mean, whatever. Just pick one thing, find something, and uh, that that would be helpful for you. Uh, step number three. So consider what you eat, be active and exercise. And number three, take time to rest every week. And again, doesn't that all just go back to what we know growing up from a young age, what you heard at sixth grade health class, you know, eat, eat healthy, uh, get plenty of exercise and plenty of rest. One of the biggest causes of deteriorating health today is not taking the necessary rest. It's this idea that we have that we've got to, you know, work hard, work hard and never stop. And our bodies simply were not made that way. And doctors will tell you that the fastest way to increase stress, to deteriorating health, and, and it'll send you to an early grave, is not giving your body the proper amount of rest. Um, in the Bible, you know, this is one of the big 10, right? You know, the 10 commandments. God says, I want you to set aside one day a week for rest from your normal work and I want you to spend some time focusing on me, on God. And so I want you to notice, God doesn't suggest it, he commands it. He, in the Old Testament, it's called the Sabbath day. Now, for most of you, uh, you know, you might consider that today is your Sabbath you know, where you've taken off of your normal work week, you've set today aside to rest, uh, to focus on God. For, for me, today is not my Sabbath. Today's a work day. For our staff, it's a work day. You know, for a lot of our staff, uh, sat Saturday uh, is a Sabbath. Look what Jesus said in Mark chapter two. Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to benefit people and not people to benefit the Sabbath. Well, How? Well, again, God created us. He, he could have created us with that ability to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, but he didn't do that. He said, your bodies need rest. For some of you, you know, again, I would encourage you here to, you know, to write something down that you could do. For some of you, the most spiritual thing you could do today is take a nap. You know, some of you, you've got it in your head. You even spiritualize the thing. Well, you know, the, the devil never takes a rest. Really, is that your standard, the devil? You know, because God said do it. You know, like, uh, I mean, for some of you, you, you you're, you're working at such a pace that you're already, you're, you're, you're feeling it physically, relationally, your, your relationships are, 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 you know, stressed at, at best. It's time for you to take a break. 
you know, take a rest. Number four, uh, this is probably one you've not thought about, but number four, commit to sexual purity. Uh, I probably didn't think about this as a part of getting fit physically, um, but when you think about your body as belonging to God and honoring God with your body, then it makes sense that sexual purity has got to be a part of that. Um, the Bible is very, very clear about God's plan for our sex life. God created sex. Uh, it was his idea. He created it uh, for us to enjoy within the context of a lifelong marriage between one man and one woman. That is God's plan for our sex life. Very simply put, one man, one woman for a lifetime in marriage. Anything apart from that is we've walked away, we've strayed from God's standard. Now, in God's eyes, sex is not bad. It's not dirty. It's not something to be looked down upon. It's, it, it is something that is beautiful and wonderful and created for us to enjoy. However, it's created for us to enjoy in the context of marriage. And when we step outside of God's plan, that's when we get hurt. When you take something that God created to be sacred, to be beautiful, to be special, to be shared between a husband and a wife, and you make it trivial, and you make it only physical, and you share it with someone that you're not committed to in marriage, you've made a huge, huge mistake, and you are dishonoring God with your body. 1 Corinthians 6.13 says this, our bodies were not made for sexual immorality. They were made for the Lord, and the Lord cares about our body. Sexual immorality means anytime you step outside of God's plan for your sex life. And when we ignore God's will in this area, it not only has the potential to hurt us physically, but also our relationship with other people and ultimately our relationship with God. God created you and he created you to enjoy a relationship with him. And he wants you to experience the very, very best in life. And that includes your sex life. Um, now, I realize that, that this is a huge, huge topic, and it's way too big for me to completely cover in one point in one sermon. But before we move on, here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down, even in this point, one decision that you could make in this area that would help you honor God with your body. Now, maybe for some of you, that means that you need to make a recommitment. You know, today where you make a commitment and you say, you know what, from this point forward, I'm gonna live sexually pure. Now for some of you today, that's hard because you're in a relationship and you're sexually active. Some of you are in a relationship that you know is not God's best for you but you've been playing marriage for so long and your emotions have gotten intertwined. And again, you can't separate the physical from the spiritual and you know you need to get out of it. Maybe for you, your next step is to ask somebody for help because you're addicted to pornography. And you need to Share that with somebody maybe in a life group, a trusted Christian friend, you're in a men's group. Share that and say, I need help. I need accountability and uh, I need integrity and I need honesty with someone. Maybe the decision for you 
is to run away from the temptation to be unfaithful to your spouse. Maybe today you need to recommit to your marriage. 1 Corinthians 6.18 says, what? What's the first word? What does it say? What? Run. Run. Run away from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does for sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Um, some, some of you married couples here today, you need to stop complaining about how tired you are and you need to go home today and you need to get busy. <laughs> I mean, at least you get your exercise in, right? <laughs> um, I mean, come on, the truth is, we all know this. If we do the first three disciplines, we'd have more of number four, okay? Eat right, exercise, get plenty of rest. You know, if that's not enough motivation to get healthy, I don't know what is. Um, uh, by the way, again, you know what, guys? I'll just be honest. You know, uh, and I know I'm you know, kind of making light of that a little bit here, but uh, I, think, I think the church ought to be a safe place where we can talk about uh, human sexuality in a, in a biblical way and, uh, and if, you know, if by me ever, you know, making a joke or something, if that offends you, you're probably at the wrong church, okay? You know, get out the phone book and go somewhere else because you, 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 need, to, you need to lighten up a little bit or uh, get over yourself. So um, anyway, don't send me an email and don't send me a connect card, okay? Um, the fifth and final discipline, this is a little bit different, but man, this affects our our physical fitness as much as anything else I'm gonna talk about today. Number five, develop a godly self-image. You know, in our culture today, we put way, way too much emphasis on how we look and what other people think about us. How we look and what other people think about us. In fact, we put so much emphasis on those two things that some of you, listen to me. In fact, this is what's so sad to me. Some of you who, the truth is, outwardly, you're in shape, you know, uh, you know, I mean, you're not, you know, morbidly obese or anything. There's not some kind of physical problem. But for many of you, because you, you put such an emphasis on your physical appearance and what other people think about yourself, you look in the mirror and you hate yourself. You look in the mirror and you are dissatisfied. You don't like what you see. And so you, you beat yourself up about it to the point where you have become dissatisfied with the very person that God created you to be. The only way you're ever going to overcome a poor self-image, not by working out, Believe it or not, it's not by losing weight. It's not by getting physically fit. And I'm not saying those things don't have a benefit. They do. But getting physically fit won't help you overcome a poor self-image. The only way ultimately to do that is to develop a godly self-image. What I mean by that is this. Your identity, your view of yourself is not based on what you see in a mirror or what the world expects you to be. It's not based on what your friends 
think of you. It's not, it's, again, it's not even based on how you see yourself because sometimes when you look in, in, in the mirror, you don't even see yourself as you truly are because it's so warped and, 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 and scarred by what other people are saying, what this culture says. Instead, it's got to be based on what God says about you, how God sees you. And do you know how God sees you? This is so awesome. God sees you as his ultimate creation. Genesis 1.27 says, so God created people in his own what? His own image. He patterned them after himself. Male and female, he created them. Did you know that? Did you know you were created in the image of God? You are the most special and the most important of all of God's creation. God was so careful and so tedious in putting you together. All of the details that, that make up you. You know, your skin tone, the color of your eyes, your hair or lack thereof, your, you know, all of that. He, it was so, so tedious in putting it all together when, when you were in your mother's womb. He knew exactly how you were gonna look. In fact, Psalm 139, 13 and 14 says, for you created my innermost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. You see, you are beautiful because God made you. And God created you to look the way you do. So stop buying into this world's idea of ultimate beauty. Because ultimate beauty is not determined by the cover of a magazine, by the trends of the time. True beauty is determined by God. Now some of you here today, man, you struggle with that. I mean, you are striving to have the perfect body and you beat yourself up because outwardly you feel ugly or unattractive. Some of you have struggled with an eating disorder because of that. Because you bought into somebody else's definition of beauty. And man, that's a, that's a death sentence that never ends. And you're gonna live a miserable life the rest of your life. Do not buy into the the world's idea of beauty. Listen to God because he knows what true beauty is. And you know what he says about every single person in this room? You're beautiful. 1 Peter 3, 3 and 4 says this, don't be concerned about the outer beauty that depends on things like fancy hairstyles, expensive jewelry, beautiful clothes. Man, you should be known for the beauty that comes from within. The unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. That's so precious to God. So, as I wrap up today, I wanna challenge you to do some self-reflection. Again, there's not a person in this room today who doesn't struggle with at least one of these areas. Who doesn't have some area where they need to improve. And so my challenge to you and to me today is to make some decisions for health in each one of these areas this week. Yes, so that we can become more physically fit, but more importantly, so that we can honor God with our bodies. So let's get on this journey together. 
You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.